sales today is a lot different than it was you know, I mean, three months ago, to, to be honest, I mean, but it's a lot different than it was when you think of, you know, sales of the old uh, car salesman or the tin man, you know, the door to door guy. It's different. Hello and welcome to the Solar Maverick podcast, where solar meets entrepreneurship and experience. I'm your host, Benoit Thangin. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Solar Maverick Podcast. I'm your host, Benoit Banjan, and I'm excited to have Riley Meek join the podcast. He's the founder and CEO of the Social Dynamic Selling System, which turns dinner seminar marketing into a science. After responding to a small ad on Craigslist in 2009, Riley was introduced to a new concept of selling, one in which radically changed his life forever, having just $673 in his bank account, but more importantly, a burning desire for more. Riley went to produce over $100 million in sales over the past nine years. It's also really interesting. Riley took a solar company from zero to two million in under six months and proceeded to generate over eight figures of sales in the next 12 months after that. He also has a podcast called the Sales Conversion Podcast, which I was lucky to be interviewed on as well. And actually an amazing book that I finished reading this week and a food for thought, how to use dinner seminar marketing to grow your business in ways you never thought possible. Riley, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Hey, for Benoit. Happy to be here, man. This is going to be fun. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's interesting to me because I actually haven't heard of uh, dinner seminar marketing for solar, which is a great idea because to me, it's something different than what other solar companies are doing to get leads. Can you talk more about what you do and what is social dynamic selling, which you know our audience might not be familiar with? Absolutely. So you know, social dynamic selling, at the core of it, why I named it this was kind of twofold. One is I get a lot of people that think social, like social media, or what is it? So it kind of creates that curiosity where they don't really know what it means. And so I like that it, it causes them to ask questions. But at the core of it, if you, you know, break up the words, essentially, and we talk about a social dynamic in, in any setting where there's more than one person, you know, taking place or, or sitting in the in this in a room, we'll call it, there's a social dynamic that's happening. In other examples would be, you know, just take the last time you went out to a restaurant, you know, if, if you have as of late with, with COVID, everything that's going on. But the last time you've gone out to a restaurant, there's, you know, there's you and, and your, uh, who you're there with, whether it be your spouse or, you know, a business acquaintance, there's the servers, there's the people sitting in the booth next to you, there's the bartenders, there's, there's a social dynamic that's happening in that environment. Or take church, for example. If you, if you go to a church, when you walk in, usually there's greeters or there's ushers that are showing you to your seats, there's other attendees, there's the pastor, and there's a social dynamic that's happening there. And what we've really done is taken that, the advantages of a, that social dynamic of a group setting and put that into a sales setting. And so my background has always been selling one-on-one where I would sit down with people and I would take them through a, you know, a presentation, whether it be 10 minutes, 30 minutes, three hours, whatever it was I was selling at the time. But I ultimately had to take somebody from A to Z, like not knowing who I am to know, like, and trust me to ultimately give me whatever it was, you know, the money that I was, you know, 
asking for, for whatever product or service I was selling. And so there was something special when I came across this idea of selling to groups of people and using different techniques or strategies to get people in the room to, you know, know, like, and trust you, which you'll probably hear me say multiple times through this interview here. Uh, And that's really what it's all about in a sales setting because sales today is a lot different than it was, you know, I mean, three months ago, to to be honest. I mean, but it's a lot different than it was when you think of, you know, sales of the old uh, car salesman or the tin man, you know, the door-to-door guy. It's different. Buyers today are so much more educated, especially when they can go online, they can Google, they can research different things, and they don't fall for the old sales tactics that, you know, turn around or buy today or a 40% discount just because, you know, like that stuff doesn't work the way that it used to. And so we create an environment in which it positions the presenter as the authoritative figure, the expert in that industry. It to uh, be able to present, to speak, to educate, to provide tremendous value to these listeners that, again, we've vetted out, we've qualified them to make sure they are good quality prospects. And then assuming they know, like, and trust you, getting the follow-up appointment and being able to present price or close the sale, so to say, it makes it easy once they've had that time with you within that group setting in which you've been able to provide tremendous value and now simply, if they want to know more what the price would be or a proposal on the project, they're able to schedule that after the event. So long-winded answer to your question, Benoit, but at the core of it, that is social dynamic selling is selling one-to-many versus one-on-one. Yeah, that is really helpful. You know, you mentioned obviously no like and trust. Can you talk about how the dinner seminar, I know you mentioned that the speakers basically looked at as an expert, but how other ways that you're actually building trust with the prospect basically during this process? Can you tell Most definitely. That? Yeah, most definitely. So anytime we onboard a new client, we always start with the end in mind. And really what I mean that who is your true client and how do we get them to take action to want to do business with you? So since obviously we're on the Solar Maverick podcast, let's talk about solar, for example. So if it's residential solar that you're selling and you're in a geographic location where you can handle the, the installations, and we can narrow these down demographically to who we want to target. The type of households, what area of town or you know location that they're in, we can narrow it down from like single family dwelling units, you know, not include renters. We can do household incomes. So we know that they financially can afford to do something like this um, or more than likely have the credit score to do something like this. So we can pre-qualify some of these variables and then we invite them out to the event. So we have continuity through our entire process of the marketing message that got them to take action, to want to show up to the event. We've provided information on you or whoever the presenter is. So they can go online, they can view you know, the website or whatever other collateral we've provided. They can learn more about it. So by the time they come to the event, when they show up and you're there to greet them, now you're, you know, I kind of call it, it's like, it's your circus and you're the ringleader of this circus, right? Everybody loves the ringleader. He, he's got the show you know, going, he's directing the elephants and everything else, but they love him. They respect him because naturally he's just that authoritative figure within the audience. And so getting people, you know, the initial building rapport and asking them, you know, questions to get to take them on kind of an emotional journey. Uh, that w- what's what we really take through our presentations. We take our audience on an emotional journey to ultimately, for whatever reason, at the end of it, they just like you. And 
people do business with those that they like and they trust, right? You can have the greatest product, the greatest service in the world, but if they don't like you or they don't trust you, they're going to go find somewhere else to do business with, right? At the end of the day, no matter what product or service that you're selling, solar included, they are buying you as the individual, even if the owner of the company, sure, but any extension from you, your sales reps, the people that you have out representing your brand and your company, that is who they're ultimately buying. And so we position you or your sales reps, your sales team as that authoritative figure. Uh, so at the end of it, when we ask for a simple follow-up appointment, it's, there's a couple things that go to our advantage with this. The first thing is at the event, we are not selling anything, right? And, and this is what makes it unique. This isn't like a rah, 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 rush to the back of the room, buy your real estate course. You know, we've all been, you know, victims of some of those at some point in our life where they, you know, get you all excited and then you make a silly decision and you know, a bad purchase, right? This is all about that no like, and trust. We're, again, providing tremendous value. And then at the end of it, we're simply asking for the ability to provide them an actual proposal or the follow-up appointment to do an analysis of their home, their roof line, you know, whatever the case is, to see if this would make sense or not. So there's no pressure involved at all. It's simply a service that we're providing. And one of the things that we do a lot of, you mentioned dinner seminars, is we feed people dinner. And that's you know partly how we get a lot of people to show up. And the law of reciprocity comes into play here, right? Where we, you know, even if it's subconscious, like most people, because we've provided a nice free steak dinner, chicken dinner, whatever it is, a vegetable dinner, if you're vegan or something, but it's, we provided that and, and in return, they subconsciously want to provide something in return to us. And that usually is that follow-up appointment. Again, if you did a decent enough job of gaining that no like, and trust, if you did a bad presentation and people don't like you, you know, you yelled at the waitress or you did something silly, that could cause some issues of wanting people to set up a follow-up appointment. But that's how we guide and we coach our clients to make sure they're hitting all of these cues to provide a good presentation that overall converts to actual sales. Definitely. That's really helpful to understand that. And can you briefly talk about the different steps that are involved? I think it was great you were talking about, you know, quality qualifying the lead and how detailed you're able to qualify the lead specifically for residential solar opportunities. And I thought what was interesting too is that you use mail yeah. as a way of qualifying as really the first sort of collateral marketing yep. that you're sending, which is different. You know, I mean, mail was very popular at a certain point. And right. then it just has changed over time. So it'd be great to hear your perspective of what made you want it, why mail then to briefly talk about the different steps. I know you kind of talked a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. I love talking about this question because so many people think mail is like archaic, right? Like it's this, what, you do mail, direct mail, like that still works. I love it because, I mean, we do hundreds of thousands of pieces every single week, both for, I still have my some, a few of my own companies and then we're filling events now for other companies. Like for instance, this week alone, we have, uh, it's a little over 120 events this week throughout the country. Again, a combination of some of my own companies and some of our clients where we're filling those events. In the majority of them, well over 90% of them, we are filling through direct mail. And for two reasons. Number one, as you mentioned, it's become a thing where people don't, aren't really doing it. So for that reason, it's a much less cluttered environment in which I can get a, a piece that more than likely is going to get into the hands of, of who I need to, to actually make that decision it versus 
you know, everybody else that is online doing social media or Facebook or what, however it is that they're looking to recruit. Okay. That's, that's a, a much more cluttered environment. And not to mention, I really kind of consider marketing like that kind of an interruptive approach, right? If they're online and they're looking for something and it pops up on their Facebook feed, it's like, you know, they have to click on it or, you know, they, they forget that they do it. And it's not, that's necessarily bad, but we fill events with, you know, online funnels, Facebook ads, things like that. But historically, the percentage that actually show up for an event that, that RSVP online is dramatically lower than those that RSVP from a direct mail piece. And the thing with direct mail is it's anybody can print, you know, words on paper, right? But it's, it's very specific with starting with that highly targeted demographic, that client avatar, who is your ideal client? And when we get so specific on this, when onboarding our new clients, where if it is, you know, blonde haired, blue eyed women between the height of five, five, eight, and six, two that are, you know, 30 to 50 years of age, whatever it is, you know, we can get very specific with that. In fact, it's scary the amount of data that they have on us out there, um, but it's out there, right? So we use it for our advantage and being able to target who your true client is. And then from there, we want to identify how do they make a decision? Is it, in, you know, from a homeowner standpoint, residential, they all have mailboxes, right? They're collecting their mail. The challenge with direct mail is that usually when they're reviewing their mail, they're standing over the garbage can doing it, right? Like it's this junk mail, junk mail, bed, bath and beyond, Jiffy Lube, whatever, you know, oil change place it is. You have to differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack, right? Why are you any different? And so our data, we personalize every one of these. So it's, you know, uh, Mr. Thangib, we would directly identify you within this invitation. And then the call to action is invite us, we're inviting them out to a free steak dinner or chicken dinner, whatever it is at the local restaurant that they're probably well aware of that they've been to before. It's a neutral environment, right? And we're not having them come into a sales office or a timeshare pitch. It's a nice locally owned family restaurant, more usually, um, in which they've probably frequented before. There's, they know where it is. It's a nice neutral environment because they don't feel like they're going into a sales pitch, right? And, and that's, that's partly a part of it, why we get such a high response rate. And, and the idea of serving food, again, it's twofold. It's we want to provide something of, of value to them. But also, if you've ever been on, in any sales meetings or sales pitches, I know our audience isn't going to be able to see me on this, but you can see me, Benoit. I mean, usually when people are getting pitched, they're like this, right? Arms are crossed in front of them. They got that scowl on their face and they're just you know <laughs> doing everything that they can to put up their defense mechanism so they don't get sold, right? But when I'm eating a salad and a chicken dinner, my arm arms are open. I'm receptive to what you have to offer for two reasons. One is because I'm, you're interactive, you're engaging, but also I've just given you a free meal. Like at the very least, you got to listen to me, right? And then that's just kind of that law of reciprocity. Um, and then partly just the marketing piece and then ultimately the presentation, everything has to have that continuity where, and what I mean by that is really if I was to send out a piece on solar, we're going to show you how to get off the grid or how to get paid by putting panels on your roof with no money out of pocket or whatever. We can get creative with that or you need to come learn the top five things to do before you ever look at doing solar, right? Create that curiosity that's going to want them to come learn before they go buy from anybody else. And that then allows you to be positioned as that authoritative figure because you've just provided tremendous value to them. But if I did an invitation that said, come on out to learn these top five things about that you need to know before before selling or before purchasing solar, and then you talk about you know uh, window washing. Obviously, there's a disconnect there, right? So we want to make sure everything flows and has continuity with it. It lines up that who you are, what you stand for, and what you say 
is again, that authoritative position, but also adds that credibility throughout the whole process. So when it comes time to actually asking for that appointment, that follow-up, we're able to you know, meet with them from a position of strength in a position of confidence because we've done a great presentation. Now it's just a matter of if it's affordable for them, right? And then we can get down into the, into the nitty gritty. I've done everything that I've needed to do to gain that respect, that rapport. So when I meet with them the next day or the following day, it's we're friends. You know, when, when I show up at homes and do these, it's like we're long lost buddies and we're talking about what happened after dinner that night and what happened in the news this morning. And, you know, it's like we've gained that ability where it's not a one call close pitch or environment that so many many, I think, solar consumers, we'll call it residents, when they're getting door knocked and they get the high pressure sales pitch, it's a turnoff to a lot where this is kind of a breath of fresh air, a new way for them to learn about it before they ever have to make any buying decision. Yeah, definitely. That is huge. I mean, that's, a, I think, just a huge differentiator because it just makes the, I know you, the no like and trust. I mean, it's an environment that you're basically curating that and uh, it's different from obviously how like residential solar installers today, as you mentioned, are reaching out to customers. So that, that's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It is. This sounds funny, but half the time when I'm talking to specifically to solar potential clients that are looking at this, half the time I, I'm selling on the fact that this isn't too good to be true because it's, it just, it sounds too good to be true. And I totally get that with, with what we do, but the difference that I think a lot of solar contractors and companies from a lead generation standpoint, the biggest challenge for them is when they send out their door knockers or however they're generating their business, there's usually little to no upfront cost, right? They can send their team out, knock doors and whatever they get, they get, right? So hosting an event like this, buying dinner for somebody, you've got some expense involved with this, right? So I think that's the biggest hurdle that they have to get over is that if you're willing to invest into your money, I can give you a four to 500% return on your investment without a doubt and flood your business with new sales versus just waiting for the next door knocker to provide that lead for you. So it's a matter of where you're at in your business. It's not for everybody. If you're ready to hit the gas and scale and grow and you know have sales clients ready to go immediately when you enter a new geographic location or market, that's where we shine versus waiting for the door knockers to go in, you know, try to build that brand in that recognition. So it's just a different approach. We're more hunters versus farmers when it comes to like marketing and sales. And, and what I mean by that is traditional forms of marketing like TV and radio and billboards, you know, what they're doing is they're planting seeds and they're hoping one day that the more times you see them, or even just a traditional direct mail piece with not a real call to action, like say 1500 bucks, like those are just farming aspects where they hope that one day you're going to make that decision to call them, right? Where what we do is we throw a dart at a map or tell me where you want to go. And I can, within four weeks, I can have a live breathing very interested audience in a room ready for you to deliver your presentation without them ever knowing who you are. You know, our tagline for our company is a predictable, a sustainable, and a scalable revenue model or lead generation model. And that's the scalability of this. A prime example was a company that, that we'd worked with in, in Florida was looking to grow into the Carolinas, but they had no brand, no recognition. So their choice was let's you know hire door knockers and, and send them up there and hope that they start to generate some leads and sales or hire us. And we did that exact model where within four is about four and a half weeks, 
we had people, a room of 20 to 30 prospects in a room ready for them to deliver a presentation with zero branding, zero additional you know, revenue spent on farming marketing. We were able to find an area. We found our prey, we'll call it. We go into the area, we shoot the prey, not to get gory, but we shoot it, we clean it, we cook it, we eat it, and then we can move on to the next territory and find more potential clients and customers. And that's what we do for all of our clients on a typically a weekly basis or maybe a monthly or quarterly basis. Basis, again, dependent upon how much revenue they're looking to generate within their business. Definitely. That, that is really helpful to understand. And then how involved do you get in you know, planning of these events? Is it different for each client or how does that work? Yeah, it is. So, I mean, you had mentioned kind of in my bio, when I started back in 2011 is when I hosted my very first event. It wasn't that I had a desire or a passion for energy conservation or anything, but what I it was great. I love it. I can appreciate it. But I was just looking to provide for my family. And at that time, I had 673 bucks in my bank account. And I had a credit card and I had a hope and a a vision. And as you mentioned, a burning desire for more. And so I hosted my first event with little to no money, obviously. And I took that money and I invested into the next event and took that money and invested into the next event until I had a a really a well-oiled machine now. I thought back when when we started to move to more consulting and coaching clients, I thought back to those days of, you know, when I was first starting out, and just the day in and day out stress of financially, how do I pay for my bills for my business, let alone my family expenses? My daughter, who's eight and a half years old now, like my wife was pregnant at the time. It's like, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't have a clue how I was going to provide for them. But I had a desire to learn and educate, self-educate myself to do that. And so I wanted that to be an option within our plan as well. So I, I wrote a book that you had mentioned, Benoit, called Food for Thought, How to Use Dinner Seminar Marketing to Grow Your Business in Ways You Never Thought Possible. That's available on Amazon and And I think, as you mentioned, there's there's some great value within that on how to get started down kind of that thought process of identifying your client avatar to your marketing piece, your message model, where to host these events, how to find the you know market, the best form of marketing. Is it direct mail or is it online? How to set the room up? All these different components are, the foundation is kind of laid out in this book. I mean, that's on Amazon for like, I don't know, 14 bucks or something like that. But also then from there, we have a digital course that it's me on film, on camera, walking through every step of this process in which it's, it's literally, I'm I'm talking to you about why we're going to go about it this way. And then I give you a task before you move on to the next video. And so essentially going through this course, you could have your own seminar set up, ready to go within four weeks. Or, you know, in that course we sell for, I think it's a a thousand bucks is the promo code that we've got that that available for right now. Because I wanted people that you either have time or you have money, right? That's typically, if if you have both, you're crushing it, right? That's a phenomenal spot to be in. But if you have a great business, your money's rolling in, things are good, but you want to really get to that next level, then great. A done for you program would make sense, right? In which we spend an entire day myself and my business owner, Scott Thomas, we spend an entire day with you and your staff, really peeling back the onion, identifying your client acquisition cost, what it is now, what it could be, the lifetime value to your clients. We start with the marketing message and the presentation. And and out of this day, we come, we basically map out your entire campaign for you to, again, either go do it on your own 
or some, and some have the capabilities, the staffing to be able to take calls and things like that, or they can then hire us to do take on that component as well. So it is kind of all over the board, but we have it available for as little as, you know, 14 bucks. Somebody could get the book and start on their own or, you know, as far as like engaging done for you programs in which we or some of my team could even deliver the presentations. It's kind of all over the board, but I didn't want it to be only for those that have the money. I wanted it to be for those that have time and a burning desire for more because you can have the greatest product, you can have the greatest service in the world. And I believe solar is absolutely one of them just for what it provides, you know, for us as a population, human beings, planet earth, but also just from a money standpoint, a saving standpoint, both residentially and commercially that people can, you know, it's, it's a tremendous value, right? But if nobody knows about or if they don't know who you are or why they should ever do business with you, you don't have a consistent source of leads or sales coming in, you're not doing anybody any service, right? If, if you build it, they do not come. I don't care what anybody says or what that movie promises. You have to have a lead generation, a system that has predictable leads and predictable revenue coming in that's sustainable. And that allows you to afford the, you know, the time in money to be able to invest into your business. But you've either got one or the other at this point, and I wanted it to be available for both segments to get started utilizing these type of dinner events, no matter where you're at in, you know, on the income level or where you're at from a business standpoint, if you're just starting out or if you've been doing this for 10 years and you're just looking to get to that next level. This episode of the Solar Maverick Podcast is brought to you by Podcast Laundry, the podcast concierge service that I use to make sure that my listeners hear the best quality show. They do the dirty work of podcasting for me. Yes, graphics, quotes, show notes, master editing, and much more. All I have to do is record. So if you're a busy podcaster like me with an engaged audience and want to free up time to do more of what you love to do, like going to the gym or spending time with loved ones, go to podcastlaundry.com to schedule your consultation or call 347 7118273 that's podcastlaundry.com or 3478718273 thank you yeah definitely that is great that's amazing that you're offering the wide variety to basically for anyone who's interested could potentially get involved and i read food for thought it's a you riley did a great job on the book and i i learned Thanks, a lot bro. from reading it so and thank I'm, you that means that means a lot you should give me a good review on on amazon make sure you go back yeah, and review I'll, me I'll, I'll give you a review <laughs> on amazon definitely <laughs> So <laughs> perfect. Now this is recorded, man. So you have to do it now. You I know I have to back. do it. Yes. I was going to also ask you too. Um, we were talking about residential solar, but you were also mentioning in the pre-interview, you also could potentially do it for uh, solar companies that are looking for business owners to do it. You were mentioning it might be more challenging to qualify the opportunities, but you do as well do like business. Absolutely. B2B. Absolutely. Yeah. So B2B, business to business, right? It would be a commercial solar company trying to find other business owners, commercial properties, and which would want it versus B2C is business to consumer, right? So residential is B2C. We can easily target, find the addresses, find homeowners that want to get solar on their home. From a B2B standpoint, they're just, I don't want to say harder. There's just additional steps that have to come into play. And what I mean by that is typically, and this isn't always the case, but oftentimes if you're a business owner, usually you've got a front desk staff or a receptionist that 
that's probably going through the mail for you, right? And what's one of their job is to not waste your time. And if I'm sending a piece of junk mail, right? Because I mean, our mail isn't junk, but at the end of the day, we do everything we can to get past that junk mail kind of thought process. But if you have that gatekeeper that's throwing away mail, that's not necessarily a bill or in a FedEx package, it may just be an additional step that we have to jump through. And that may be where we are targeting, you know, their Facebook account, or we're sending something a little bit different versus an actual mail piece, right? So we can get real creative with this. And a fun one that we've done um, that I'll mention was like, we've literally mailed a plastic chair to business owners, executives before, which on the chair was an envelope on it. And it simply said, you need to take a seat and listen to what I have to say, right? That's getting past the gatekeeper, right? The receptionist isn't going to throw a chair away. They're going to go, what the heck, uh, Mr. Jones, there's a plastic chair here for you, right? So there's different ways that we can do it and get creative. And this is what I love to do. I geek out to just understanding how people make decisions and being able to take them down that path to make that decision. And so, you know, or it could be, you know, online targeting their Facebook campaign in which we're able to essentially kind of triangulate data and understand their, not only their business address, but also their home address based upon, you know, where their Wi-Fi, where they pick up their, the IP address, where they connect most often via Wi-Fi. So there's a lot of tools. There's a lot of techniques out there that we can gather this data and target them specifically with, you know, mail, you know, uh, plastic chairs that I'd mentioned, but also having the same look and feel and messaging that might pop up on their Facebook or their Instagram or some of their social media or their Google account where it's like, you know what, I am going to go check this out because, you know, with COVID going on, it's a great time for me to look at, you know, reducing my overall expenses within my business. So, and and that would be part of just learning from you, Benoit, just that messaging, because I'm not the expert at solar like you are, right? But when we sit down for a day and I can extract that information from you and learn why it might be beneficial, now we can speak to the benefits of getting them to make a decision, right? And and that is, you know, I think where a lot of solar companies might struggle with their sales is selling the features versus the actual benefits, right? Because most homeowners, not all, but I would say majority of homeowners do not care how DC turns to AC in the cool inverter that you've got. This one's a micro one or, you know, they don't care about any of that jazz or the wattage. They just want to know what's it going to do for me. What's, you know, put it in layman's terms. What's it going to do for me? Reduce my bill? Great. I'm going to save 10,000 trees in Africa or, you know, whatever it is. Great. What is in it for me? And we got to speak to those benefits to get them to make a decision based upon what's in it for them, not based upon the features of how great your system is. Yeah, definitely. That is some great points that you mentioned. And you mentioned COVID-19. Obviously, like your business is primarily based on in-person meetings. How have you had to adjust during COVID-19? Yeah. So it has been been a fun few months, man. I think right now, the businesses that are coming out stronger than ever are those that really, I I mean, over the last few months, I think I've never heard the word pivot so much in my entire life. In fact, I never want to hear that word again. But I think so many companies did have to pivot, like figure out other forms of of revenue or what value, how else could they provide value to their clients or, or customers. And that's what we did. It was something that you know, it's been on the back burner 
because I, I had this realization that, yeah, we kind of are, we do a lot of live events in restaurants or in, you know, conference rooms where it's one on, or it's like speaking to groups of people in person, but it wasn't any reason that it couldn't be done over online or like we're doing this on Zoom or uh, webinars or, you know, a huge way of, of marketing for people right now. But it really wasn't until this happened, you know, what March, Friday, the 13th, I was in Arizona and that whole week I was supposed to be on vacation with my wife. And that Monday, when they started to announce that these restaurants were starting to close down, it was, I was no longer on vacation. Vacation, man. I was thankfully I was in a, a nice suite of a hotel room and there was a pool that my wife could lay at because I was laser focused building out webinars and campaigns for all of our clients, all of the industries, whether it be you know financial, home remodeling, solar, our, our medical side, our investment clubs, all of our clients needed an online way to still generate leads. And I'll be the first to tell you, if it was the only way we had to go about do, making money and doing business, it can certainly be done. But still, live person, in event persons are always going to convert higher than an online format, right? There's just some things that just that social dynamic doesn't happen the way that it does when I'm, you know, in a room with somebody that know, like, and trust just, it doesn't build as quickly as it does in a, in a live event versus a web event, like, like even we're doing right now. So there were some challenges, but we still made sales. We were still profiting during that time, which is great. We were able to pivot quickly and still provide revenue for our customers that I know a lot of people just stopped and they were just sat and waited. And I think those are the ones right now that are struggling the most because they didn't continually look for different ways to provide value to the marketplace. And now that things are opening back up, they're behind the eight ball. And those that you know have, or even still are right now, looking for different ways to add value, they are the ones that are coming out stronger than ever. So again, webinar live events, we can still do. We had great success. We made money with it. Even in the solar industry, having that, that a webinar, taking people through that buying process, filling out their address, and then providing a beautiful proposal for them via Zoom. Um, it can definitely be done. It's just, it's more challenging than an actual live in-person event, right? And that, again, it kind of comes down to time and money again. If you have time and, and money to be able to do these live events, great. If you have time to do webinar events, more one-on-one, -on -one, you know, these type of Zoom conferences and things, then great. One's not necessarily better than the other for each individual. It just matter what your goals are based upon, you know, your resources and availability from a timing and, you know, even a geographical location standpoint. Sure. That's amazing to hear how you adapted to the new, I didn't want to say pivot, to the new scenario. <laughs> and Appreciate that. Value to your clients with lead generation. Have you started uh, having live events? We now, have. You know, we're talking, it's June 22nd. Mm -hmm. We hosted our very, very first live event coming out of COVID on um, the week of May 13th ish I think around May 14th, something like that. Now it's been state by state. Cause so part of what we're doing and providing for, you know, not only our own companies, but our clients, because we're in, you know, all nationwide, we've done seminars in 49 states. The only one is Hawaii that I haven't done. I'll be happy to, to do that if any of our clients want to open up Hawaii. My wife has to come with. That's the only caveat she says. But, you know, we're monitoring each state on what their kind of restrictions are. I was going to say ramifications, but I meant restrictions on, on, you know, opening up. So we started out, our first week was in South Carolina. And then the next week we had two weeks in South Dakota, 
And then, you know, and this is, I'm never going to tell my clients to do something that I wouldn't do. So these were for my personal companies that I rolled the dice and I was going to spend money to make sure that things were still happening and working. And now, you know, we've been at every single week since then, we've been slowly adding on more clients and more live events. Now, again, some states are more restrictive than others. So we're just following that, watching, you know, the trend, the new cases that are popping up, things like that, um, just so we're not wasting marketing dollars. Because when COVID happened, man, that week alone, we had to cancel. This is, I hate even saying this, but we had to cancel 107 events throughout the country that week of wow. March 15th or 16th. That was, that was expensive, right? So, and, that, and that's why I wasn't going to put that on my clients to take that risk. I wanted to make sure that this was going to you know, work still. And we're getting a tremendous response rate. I think the most encouraging thing out of all of this is people are hungry for not the free dinner, but they're hungry for human interaction. And they're looking forward to these events and being able to come out and, you know, it may not be shaking hands, but it's at least a fist bump or an elbow, you know, you know, introduction versus actually shaking hands. But we're having such a high, high response rate and even closing percentage of those that are attending now. I think they're tired of being cooped up and they want to do something with, you know, not only their time, but their money, their energy, their efforts. And so I think live events are going to be just so, so productive over the next few months and even over, you know, leading into 2021, again, as restrictions start to peel back within each state. Yeah, definitely. Congratulations. That's great to hear that you've been able to, after canceling all those events and then, you know, re- since May. So that's amazing. So our podcast is about solar and entrepreneurship. Obviously, you're an entrepreneur. It would be great to understand like your background before you started. And I know you mentioned like multiple companies as well, like what you're involved with as well. And it sounds like obviously you're using the same marketing strategy on your own businesses, as well as obviously the clients that you have, the social yeah. uh, selling system. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in small town, South Dakota. And when I say small, I mean small. Like my entire town was less than 1,500 people. I think it's less than 1,000, you know, 800 people now. So there wasn't a lot of opportunity there from a, you know, business standpoint. I took my first job. I was 15. And the only job really in the whole town was to make pizzas at our local gas station. And uh, it was minimum wage at the time was $5.15 an hour. So I didn't know any better. I was like, sure, I'll whatever. I've got a job and I can, you know, have gas money to cruise the loop on weekends, right? That was our, that's the only thing to do in these small towns. So I went there and I worked one shift. It would have been the summer of my sophomore year of high school. It worked, it was an eight hour shift. And I remember going to the bathroom after that and the bathroom has nothing to do with it, but that's just, it was where I was like walking to the bathroom and I started to do the math in my head. And I thought eight times $5 and 15 cents, like 40 bucks. And then there's taxes that come out of it. And I was like, what the heck did I just do? And I quit. My first day on the job was my last day. And what the reason for that wasn't, I mean, there's nothing against that job or jobs in general. It's a need that, was needed. What made me upset about it was not that they put a value of $5.15 on my time, right? Because essentially that's what you're doing. If, you, if you're working a job or if you have employees, you're putting a value on what their time is to you or you know, what your employer feels your value is worth, right? And if, you're, if it's not, they'll go find somebody else to, to fill that. What made me more mad was that I allowed them to put that value on my time. Even at a young age, I just, I didn't like that idea that I'm worth $5.15 an hour. And, and that's really what kind of drove my drive into entrepreneurship. And I started to read as many books as I possibly could on self, on personal development, entrepreneurship in general. And because I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have mentors. I didn't have a lot of opportunities to, you know, kind of glean off of. 
So I had to seek it out. And uh, the day I graduated high school, I moved up to the Twin Cities, which is where we reside uh, most of the time now we have a place in, in Florida as well. We try to get out of here in the winter months as much as possible. But when I moved up here to the Twin Cities, I, again, had to figure out what I was going to do. I thought I was going to be, go become a chiropractor. I had different opportunities. I really got involved with the network marketing industry, which regardless of whatever you think about it, it was one of the greatest experiences of my entire life because it, I was able to surround myself with like mindsetted people. I say like mindsetted versus like-minded because it's like it was all about you know a vision of goals and goal setting and ironing sharpening ironing like iron sharpening sharpening iron getting together on a weekly or monthly basis and going through these books together coaching calls things like that. I mean I completely drink the Kool-Aid when it comes to that model and it allowed me many opportunities ultimately through kind of different ventures that I explored through that the last one before I really was introduced to this concept of selling one to many I had an opportunity to open up operations in Mexico in, in Puerto Vallarta Mexico and so I'd moved down there and um, after about five months in business, as we were kind of recruiting and training and selling, it was a, a nutritional supplement of all things. The government down there just completely shut us down. You know, it's kind of like the FDA here would say, no, you can't sell this here. It's like down there. I don't think enough palms were greased to, to allow us to continue to do business. So they said, no, you can't sell this here. Get out of here. And I found myself on a flight back to the States here. And on that flight, I had the realization that, you know, I'd pretty much invested all of my money into this opportunity. And if you're an entrepreneur and you have yet to have that experience, like where you've lost it all or, you know, you think you've lost it all, uh, get ready. Because I, I really think that, you know, in order to have a testimony, you've got to be tested. And there's no failure. There's only feedback. And what you do with that information or how you how you get back up after what you consider, quote unquote, a failure is really who you are as a, as a man or as a woman and what you're going to be able to do and accomplish in this world. And, and that's when, when I came back to the States looking for the next opportunity. I had no clue what I was going to do. I spent a few months just trying to figure it out. My wife and I were literally sleeping on my sister's couch. This would have been at the time where I came across this ad on Craigslist that said work three days a week and make 10,000 bucks. And I thought, yeah, right. But I had nothing to lose at the point because again, I had 673 bucks in my bank account. This gentleman started to talk about these selling to groups of people. And I didn't really grasp what he was talking about until he said, come on down and check it out. So I drove a couple hours and walked into this room and it completely blew my mind. He had 20 to 25 people in there. And he gave a presentation, wasn't even that good of one, I didn't think. But he got like seven appointments out of it. And I was like, holy cow, if he can do this, it was my first realization of leveraging not only his marketing dollars to get a group together, but his time. Because I was doing these, you know, two, maybe three hour presentations one-on-one. -on -one. And you can only do a certain amount of those in a day before you just run out of time, right? Or you're emotionally exhausted. You can't talk to more people. Where if you could do this in a group and then only meet with those that are truly interested in what you have to offer, it was like, this is unbelievable. It's kind of like we built an offline funnel. Like you hear a lot about the online funnel, but no, it's more of an offline funnel where I'm getting a group together. I'm doing my presentation. I'm asking for an appointment and great. I'm only going to meet with those that want to know more what the price is. And then after I meet with those, I've got a select few that I can actually close and I'm not no longer wasting my time or constantly looking for the next lead or where the next sale is coming from. We always have that consistent supply of leads and sales within our business. Long answer to your question, Benoit, but I hope that answered it. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it's just amazing to hear your story and how you got to where you are today or how you started doing, creating the social dynamic selling system. So I appreciate the details and learning about your story. 
Absolutely. Out of that, man, it was, you know, we've done, and I want to be clear, this isn't about me at all. It really truly is about the system. Out of, you know, learning that systems to starting our first company to our second, our third, we've now, I've taken seven different companies in different industries in every single one of them solely using this format. We've taken to seven and a couple of them, even eight figures within the very, very first year of every single one of those. And all in all, now we've been doing this for nine years. We've done over 100 million in sales through this model. But most importantly, I want to pinpoint is that it's not about me. It's about the system, right? It is the, a lead generation system. Whether I go to work this week or not, why I'm you know able to do these podcasts and things is because I have my system that works for me. I've got my generals, my soldiers, my guys that are out doing these presentations for us every week. And I know without a doubt, I have new leads coming in. I have new sales coming in every single week, whether I wake up or not. And that's truly owning a business versus most business owners are owned by their business, right? Where if they don't go to work, nothing's getting done. It's a fun place to be at for a period of time when you're starting out. Like that's the entrepreneurial journey. It's the most fun time in, in a life. But once you're at that and you're grinding and you're grinding and you're grinding, at some point it gets very draining, not only uh, financially, but emotionally as well. And it takes a toll on your relationship with your spouse and the stress. I know what that feels like. And to be able to step out of that and actually own your business versus your business owning you is the most amazing thing as an entrepreneur that you can ever experience. Yeah, that is a huge point, Riley. That's a, definitely a great way to end the podcast. This was an amazing interview. If our listeners who we call Mavericks are interested in learning about you, Riley, and the social dynamics selling system, what's the best way to reach out. Yeah. You know what I'll do? I'll have our tech team throw together socialdynamicselling.com forward slash Mavericks. I'll have a special, actually, here's what I'll do, Benoit, if this is all right with you. Sure. Uh, my book is, is on sale on Amazon right now. It's a paperback copy. I think it's $14.99 or something like that. If any of your listeners go to socialdynamicselling.com forward slash Mavericks, I will have a free electronic version, a PDF version that we will email out to them directly. They'll have to enter their name and email and then they're on my spam list. So they're going to get all my stuff <laughs> now. Hey, I can be honest, right? But tremendous value in that book. I think you would agree. Um, they can read that book without having to spend a dime and just start to learn more about it. And then at that point, if they want to hop on a strategy call, they can schedule again at that socialdynamicselling.com a strategy call. We give 30 minutes to anybody that's open or interested to just learning more. Does this, you know, do dinner seminars make sense for this model? Sometimes it's me that does these calls. Oftentimes it's somebody on my staff that will do these initial calls just to, you know, give you an idea if it makes sense because it's not for everybody, right? And if it's not, we'll at least be able to guide you in the right direction or give some advice, at least as far as next steps. But you might as well start with a free book and learn about it first. And then from there, you can schedule the call. Yeah, I appreciate you, Riley, offering that to our listeners. I, I read the book. So, you know, definitely is really helpful to kind of understand in more detail what he spoke about in our interview today. So this thank you. It's been fun, Benoit. I appreciate you. Appreciate you having me on. Anytime. I think you added a lot of value to our Mavericks and I appreciate your time today. Thank you. You bet. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for listening to the Solar Maverick Podcast. The Solar Maverick Podcast is brought to you by Renew Energy. We're a solar development and consulting firm. If you believe that this podcast is adding value to you, please give us a five-star review and share with those that you think could benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and feedback to info at renewenergy.com. That's I-N-F-O 
at reneuenergy.com. The Solar Maverick Podcast is produced by Podcast Laundry and executive produced by Benoit Thangen and Kevin Y. Brown.